Hey, New Life Church. Happy Labor Day weekend, and welcome to church. I know this is digital, but this is church. Many of our people are going back into buildings, but those who can't, maybe on a three-day weekend, there's more of you. We can still have church together. Look at this verse in Psalms 27. It says, One thing I ask of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple, in the church. So that's what we're doing today. We're going for God. He's amazing. The Bible says that we were glad when we said unto Him, let us go in the house of the Lord. So I need you to get ready because we're going to worship God. We're going to hear the Word of God. And your heart can be receptive. You can receive this. But not if you don't ask Him to help you. The Bible talks about the anointing of worship leaders, the anointing of people speaking the word, but it also talks about the anointing to hear. So today, we're gonna have a great speaker. His name is Amir. His last name is Roastin' Poor. Some weird names there, but he's not weird. He's very cool. His name, a little strange, but not him. And the brother can teach. I love he and his wife, Bethany. They're just incredible people. And to know them is to love them. But what they're best at is speaking the word. So let's pay attention today. But first, let's worship God together.
What's up, New Life Church? Hope you're doing well today. Man, I am incredibly honored to get to encourage you guys this weekend. My name is Amir Rostampour. I'm one of the pastors at our Conway campus. My wife, Bethany, and I, we have the privilege of pastoring an internship program uh, for college-age men and women. What it simply is is, man, we serve the vision of New Life, and along the way, we just try to pour into these young people in the relationship with Jesus and their leadership. And ultimately, it's just one small way that we get to invest in the vision of New Life Church under our amazing leaders, Pastor to Rick and Michelle. So we love what we get to do. We love our family in Conway and just honored to encourage you guys. Again, I want to tell you a little bit about my family before we get into the word. My wife, Bethany, and I, we've been married for four years, actually, this summer. She's my best friend, uh, my better half. I actually met her in the church, which is a cool part of our story. And we have our one son. His name is Dax Ray Rostanport. This week, he'll be 16 months old, and we love him. He has a curly mullet right now, which is pretty awesome. He's brown like me, and we have a win to share with you this week. You know, we, we pray over the meal every day. You know, and we're teaching him that, something we've always done. So we're praying over lunch this past week, and we said, and we bless his food in Jesus' name, amen. And Dax looked at us and said, Amen. And we were like, Yes, we've made it as parents. Our son says, Amen. This is awesome. But we are, you know, parenthood is has its challenges, but a lot of joy, a lot of fun. So I want to jump right into the word I believe God put on my heart for you guys this weekend. And I'll start by saying this. If we're honest, I think we've all experienced some new things this year. Uh, some of those things, obviously, we never thought we would ever see. And some of them have brought blessing in disguise. But if we're honest, most of them have brought some challenges. Uh, even some things that it's hard to really put into words what we see and what's going on around us. But to be transparent, something I've experienced in this season of 2020 and this year with everything going on is some anxiety. And we all have stress and anxiety in our lives, but something I've experienced sometimes more in an overwhelming way, a really intense way, not necessarily every day for me, but definitely more than I ever had before. It's been really interesting. I'll, I'll explain it. I don't know about you guys. Is it just our family or is everyone groceries more expensive right now? <laughs> we'll get to the end of the month and I'm like, how is our grocery budget so high? Which is no big deal. But in this season, I have felt anxious about that. A month ago, our air conditioning went out. Okay, part of owning a home, things are gonna break, sadly. No big deal, we have savings for that, but I felt anxious about it. I just was like, man, what are we gonna do? I was a little overwhelmed. Even parenting our son, you know, parenting a, a toddler has its challenges, but our son is really sweet, really easy, easy going. But there's been times he'll, he'll get upset and I, I just would feel overwhelmed. Not so much like I did last year, and I, I would feel anxious. And I've had to really seek the Lord about this, talk to my wife and, and, and friends about this, and I feel like God's really helped me. And I, and I would imagine during this time of the year and everything going on, you might be experiencing some anxiety, some excess worry, stress, concerns in your life. Maybe it was before the pandemic. Maybe it has everything to do with the pandemic or racial tension. I don't know what it is for you, but I want to help you with that. I want to look into God's Word and encourage you. And maybe you're in this place right now. You're watching this at home or wherever you're at, and you're saying, Amir, I'm actually in a good place in my mental health. Well, amen. Maybe you know someone who you can encourage with this, or you can take some notes that really speak life into. So I want to talk about anxiety this weekend. I've entitled this message, How to Respond to Anxiety. Coincidentally, I actually have my background in mental health. I'm a licensed a therapist. I obviously do full-time work at the church, but that's where my degree and study is in. Me and my wife, Bethany, have such a passion to bridge the gap of just mental health in the local church because you know, mental health is a big part of our, our being, of our life. Obviously, we have our spiritual health. 
We have our physical health, but we also have our mental health, and there's a stigma with it, sadly. And the hard part is sometimes that stigma still exists in the church. For example, if someone had a cold, or some, someone had any kind of physical ailment, maybe some back pain, we wouldn't be weird around them or they wouldn't feel not comfortable to share. But if someone has some challenges with their emotions, with stress and anxiety, for some reason there's a stigma there. And man, we wanna break that in Jesus' name, especially as the local church loving and supporting each other. So let's start out this way. I wanna define anxiety. What is this thing? I, I try to make a simple definition. Anxiety is a complex emotion that we all are created with, similar to fear, or sadness, or anger. Those are emotions that we all have. And anxiety, its primary function in our body is to protect us from harm, or listen to this, perceived harm. So this is a way in our nervous system, it plays out in your fight or flight system. Maybe you've heard of that before. So this can play out in a lot of different ways. For example, maybe when someone startles you or scares you, there's kind of an anxiety reflex there. Maybe right now for you, you're really overwhelmed at work. Or maybe you're overwhelmed because the lack of work, you, you haven't had a job. That can cause anxiety. Maybe it's when you know you have to have a hard conversation with someone. And it's like in your stomach, you can feel, man, I don't want to talk to them, but I know I need to. That can be anxiety. Or even maybe in a joking way. Have you ever been in like Walmart and you have your mask on and you need a cough, but you don't want to cough because you think people will judge you and they think you have a virus. So then you try not to cough, which makes anxiety in a state. But all you really have is a tickle in your throat. Even funny, random things in this season can feel anxiety driven. Anxiety, it can be really small and affecting in our body. But man, sometimes it can be really overwhelming. But what's amazing to me is God has made our physical bodies to respond to stress, to respond to anxiety. But where anxiety, it gets tricky, it gets complex, is when we start to experience it really frequently in a high intensity or severity, man, that's when it starts to get hard. It's like our body's in overdrive. And this can play out physically in a lot of different ways. It's different for everyone. And even the worst part is sometimes if you're like me, I don't know why I'm feeling anxious. It's like I can't put my finger on it, which kind of in my thoughts can make me feel a little more overwhelmed. So when we're dealing with anxiety, what do we do? Well, I, I wanna look at it holistically, meaning there's not just one way it's so complex. For some of you, we need to look at this physically. Some of you not, might need to go see your doctor and get checked out and talk to them about it. They may be able to help you in ways. Some of you, you need to look at it mentally, emotionally. I'm a little biased, you need to go see a therapist. These are trained professionals whose lone role is just to help you, encourage you, and help you walk out some challenges with stress and anxiety. And of course, we believe as a local church, there's things we can do spiritually to help. And as one of your pastors, that's what I want to talk about this weekend. You know, God loves you. He cares about you. He, he wants to be with you in your challenges and struggles. And thankfully, the Word of God has something to say about anxiety. So we're going to look at Philippians 4 today. If you want to turn your Bibles wherever you're at, to Philippians 4, and we're going to learn from this passage today, and I believe the Word of God is going to encourage you. If you're struggling with stress, worry, overwhelm, anxiety, I believe the Scripture is going to help us, and I thank God for the truth in His Word. But a little context. Paul's writing to the church in Philippi, and ironically, he's in jail in Rome. And so Paul's such an encourager. He's in jail. He, he could be discouraged. He could be frustrated, and his heart is to encourage these churches that he has planted, and it's a simple letter of encouragement. So we're going to jump in Philippians 4. We're going to read 4 through 9. I'm reading the NIV. Scripture says this. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. I want to pause there. It's amazing that he's in ch challenging the church 
to rejoice. And he says it twice. That's a good challenge. But you got to remember, this guy is in jail. And it's like he has the audacity to be in jail. He would rather be with them in person. He says, hey, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. God is near. And this is what I love about Paul. His inner attitude, it wasn't shaped or controlled by the outer circumstances. And I think that's a posture for us in 2020. Guys, I know some crazy, weird, uncertain stuff is happening out here. But God and the Word of God is challenging us. Man, can we be steadfast in the Lord? Can we fix our eyes on Jesus? That's where our joy comes from. It's not conditional on what goes on around us. The Lord is near. Let's continue. Philippians 4. He says this, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Come to God in prayer. Let your Father know what's going on. It continues, here's the promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then he gives us some application. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What a powerful challenge right there. And then here's the application. Whatever you have learned from me, received from me, heard from me, every, every facet seen in me, put these things in the practice, meaning we got to obey the word of God. We got to have faith and works. And here's the promise again, in the God's peace, it will be with you. Paul's saying, hey, when you feel anxious, we can respond in prayer. We can fix our thoughts, our, our things that are focusing on the Lord. And when you apply these things, the promises, God's peace will be with you and I. And man, when we're feeling anxious, that's what we need. We need the peace of God to help and encourage us. So I just want to give you three points on how do we respond to anxiety? What do we do when we're feeling anxious based off Philippians 4? And I think God's word is going to really help us this week. And number one, we respond in prayer. We don't fight it, okay? We respond in prayer. We don't fight it, it meaning anxiety. You know, one thing I've learned from some anxiety research is kind of this principle, this quote, if you want to write it down, that fighting anxiety fuels it. Fighting anxiety, it actually fuels it. Oftentimes when we experience anxiety, especially when it catches us off guard, our instinct is kind of to resist it, to kind of try to push it away or, or even ignore like what's going on. And that can fuel it sometimes in our body or rather the better response is to acknowledge it's there. Okay, what's going on? Observe, I think I'm feeling anxious. Accept that. Okay, that's the emotion I'm feeling. And then can I respond in a way that moves me towards the peace of God, that moves me towards more of a relaxive state? Let, let, me, let me illustrate it this way. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. Uh, maybe I'm showing my age, but this is a Chinese finger trap. It's kind of a fun gift, a fun toy. I actually got this from our Kid Life Pastor, which is awesome. I was like, where can I get one of these? And sure enough, our Kid Life Pastor has one. I love our Kid Life Ministries. But what, what this is, you would give this to someone. You would say, try to get your fingers out. But the way a Chinese finger trap is made, the more you pull or resist, it actually gets tighter on your finger. So if you've ever seen someone do this, they'll start to pull and you can see the panic in their face. They probably start to feel a little anxious, which is not probably good, but they'll learn pretty quick, hey, get, fighting it and resisting it, you're not gonna get out that way. But rather, if you say, okay, when I fight it, it doesn't work. And in this finger traps case, if I can just relax and kind of push towards it and respond in a different way, I can get out of it. But man, fighting it, it definitely fuels it. It makes it worse. Maybe that's a, a party gift you can take and, and mess with someone with a Chinese finger trap. But Philippians 4 and verse 6, Paul said this again. He said, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, 
bring and present your requests to God. If I'm being honest, when I read this verse, it's super encouraging. But I've always kind of been a bit confused. Like, Paul, how can you never be anxious about anything? Like that, that kind of seems unrealistic, right? And then I believe the Lord gave me a different perspective that I want to share with you guys about this verse. When Paul says, don't be anxious, I'm no uh, English teacher, but the word be is kind of speaking to a current state of mind. So Paul's saying, hey, don't be anxious about anything. Like that's where you current are. It's kind of like this. If you've ever had a friend give you a hard time or family member and they say, don't be dumb, you know, they give you a hard time, don't be dumb. What they're speaking to is your current state. Hopefully they're not calling you dumb, but they're more saying, hey, whatever you're saying or the way you're acting, you're being dumb, don't be dumb. And in a similar context, I think Paul's saying, hey, I know you're, you're anxious right now. But don't remain anxious. Don't stay anxious. That's your current state, but don't stay there. Let's respond in prayer. And this is what I want to speak to some of you guys. Some of you right now are currently experiencing anxiety. It's very real. It's very tangible. It's very hard to function and do things you're trying to do. But you have to know that's okay. It's not who you are. Your anxiety is not your identity. It doesn't define you. Actually, you're defined by Jesus. You're a son and daughter of the King, and He loves you, and He paid a price for you, and He cares about you, so that's where your identity is. You can struggle with anxiety, but it is not who you are. It's your current state. So what does Paul tell us to do? He says, hey, let's respond in prayer. Bring our, our request to our Lord. Uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle said this quote this way. He said, anxiety is a signal alerting you when it's time to pray. What an awesome reminder, almost like the same signals in your car when something's going up. When we start to feel anxiety, let it be a reminder, hey, it's time to pray. It's time to seek God. I don't wanna fight it. No, rather, I wanna seek the Lord in prayer. Jesus, come help me. Jesus, I feel overwhelmed. Jesus, I need your peace. Why do we do this? Because there's power in prayer. We're speaking to the God Almighty who wants to hear from us, who cares about us deeply. And I would even go as far to say, hey, we're gonna seek the Lord in prayer. But the people who love you, your family, your friends, get them involved in responding in prayer. Hey, be honest with them. I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm feeling overwhelmed about this. Will you pray over me? Will you pray for me? There's such power when God's people get together and pray about it, respond together in prayer. So the word tells us, man, when we're feeling anxious, hey, let's not fight it, but rather let's respond in prayer. And let me be real with you. That doesn't mean the anxiety will go away instantly. But let me tell you, when you start a habit, when you feel anxious to pray, to pray, to pray, whatever it is, you bring your request to God, you're going to start to have a heart posture that shifts from dependence on your own strength to God. And you'll watch the peace of God and the perspective of God and just the love of God come in. And I believe he's going to help you when we respond in this way. Amen. Number two, how do we respond to anxiety? You renew your thoughts. You don't avoid them. Renew your thoughts. Don't avoid them. You know, our thoughts play a huge role in our anxiety and our stress and really how we respond to those things. We all have anxious thoughts, negative thoughts, fearful thoughts. It's kind of part of our sinful nature. But what do we do with them? Well, if you're like me, oftentimes I maybe will avoid them. I'll suppress them. I'll try to ignore them. Oh, it's no big deal. I'm not really thinking that. But I mean, although it doesn't ever work. And what's interesting is the Bible never tell, told us to avoid these thoughts. The Bible actually tells us when we have any kind of thoughts that need to be renewed by God, that let God's word renew our mind, renew our thoughts. Romans 12, 2, don't conform to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think the word would tell us to, the world would tell, excuse me, to avoid the thoughts. Hey, su- suppress the thoughts. You'll, you'll figure it out. You'll get over it. But no, no, no. God's word's saying, hey, allow my word to renew the thoughts with truth and with grace. That's what God's heart is for you. So let's go back to Philippians 4. Paul says in verse 8, he gives these lists of things for us to focus our thoughts on. It's really powerful. And so I'll go through them again. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy, think about such things. What I love about these lists of qualities, Jesus embodies all of them. His word embodies all of them. Jesus is true. Jesus is noble. Jesus is excellent. Jesus is obviously worth our praise. I love that. But one thing I want to focus on is the first one he mentions is fix our minds on things that are true. And if you're like me, when I'll read a a paragraph of scripture that has a list of things, sometimes I, I don't mean to. I'll just read through it really quick because there's a lot of things right there. But I think Paul intentionally says whatever is true is first. I think that was really intentional by him in the word of God. Why? Because we all believe things that are not true. We all believe lies. Lies about ourselves, lies about others, lies about maybe situations. We make assumptions. And remember, anxiety is trying to protect us from harm or perceived harm. So let me be real. Some of the anxiety you're feeling or your family member's feeling is very real. But some of the anxiety we experience is a perception, what if this happens? Worst case scenario, I don't know how this is going to play out. It's a perceived harm that's happening in our thought life. Well, the way we combat these lies is truth. And we believe God's word is truth. Jesus actually said it this way in John 8. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I love that about our God. So instead of avoiding these thoughts, man, God's heart is that we would renew them with his word. So how do we do that? Well, it's really simple. We find a scripture, we find a truth from God, and we begin to fix our thoughts on them. Hey, you can ask someone, you can look in your Bible yourself. Heck, you can Google it. (laughs) I Google scripture all the time. You find a truth from God's word that encourages you, that helps you, that speaks to you. And then this is what we try to do. We try to get in our heart. We read it. The word tells us to meditate on it memorize it, maybe put it somewhere. I have, a, I have a phone on my iPhone background right now, a scripture that I try to see every day to try to fix my thoughts on. And then we want to take it another step. We want to pray it over ourselves. We want to speak the word of God. We want to pray it over our anxiety and allow the truth of God's word to renew our thoughts. Let me tell you a story. So when me and Beth, um, Dax was born, and you know, in the beginning, your son or your kid stays in the room with you in, the, in their bed, and then it was time for Dax to go to his own room. So literally that first night, my wife is so sweet, so laid back, so easygoing. The first night Dax was in his room, she started to feel a little anxious about it. So it was really hard for her. She started to have some challenging thoughts and, and, and started to play out kind of worst case scenarios in her mind, which is normal for a parent. Um, but then they started to progress and get really anxious. What if this happens? What if the house catches on fire? So bad, guys, she woke me up, I can't make this up, at three in the morning, and she had not fallen asleep because she had felt so anxious. And she's like, babe, will you please pray for me? I feel anxious that something's gonna happen with Dax. He's in his room, I'm just so worried. Which I love, my wife, her response was prayer. And let me be real, guys, sometimes when you're feeling so anxious, the only thing we can do is pray. We just need God, we need God's help. So we prayed, and by God's grace, Beth fell asleep. The next morning, I can't make that up, Beth had, in that time, had been reading through the Psalms, and she came across this verse in her daily time with God, Psalms 112, 
Verse 7, they will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. God encouraged her with his truth. So Beth began to claim that verse, make it her own, get it on her heart. She would pray it over herself and internalize it. She, will say, she would say, I will not fear anything bad is going to happen to my family or my son. My heart is steadfast. I trust you, Jesus. She made that verse her own. So when Beth would feel anxious, she would try to remember that verse, pray that verse, speak that verse over. And like we said earlier, the first time she still felt anxiety, but as she operated in that and would proclaim the word of God, proclaim the truth, it began to renew her mind, renew her thoughts. And in her case, she started to experience the anxious thoughts less and less and less. So one way we respond to anxiety, man, we let God's word renew our thoughts with the truth. And I believe that will help us. Number three, last point, we're gonna receive God's peace not the world's peace. We're gonna receive God's peace, not the world's peace. So we're gonna respond in prayer. We're not gonna fight it. We're gonna allow God's thoughts, God's word to renew our thoughts. We're not gonna avoid them. And then now let's receive the peace of God. I think if, if we could really dig down deep, what we need the most is when we feel anxious is God's peace. That's what we need. But sometimes it's, it's hard. We gotta really seek God in that way. Let's look back at verse seven of Philippians 4. When Paul describes God's peace, he says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The, the, the original Greek is so powerful. This word guard in the Greek is the word phreo. See me roll my R's? That's the Persian coming out. Phreo. Maybe you can say that at home. That word means this, to protect by military guard, to prevent hostile evasion. I want to read that again. We're talking about the peace of God guarding our hearts and minds, and it means to protect by military guard to prevent hostile invasion. To me, an illustration, the, the peace of God isn't soft or passive. I imagine it's like a Marine standing at a bay saying, you're not coming in here. Because how many of y'all know, sometimes anxiety can feel like it's attacking our thoughts or attacking our heart or our mind or perspective. I imagine Jesus standing at the door of our heart standing at the door of our minds saying, you're not coming in here. I'm going to guard your peace. I'm going to guard your heart. I'm going to guard your love, the promises I have for you. That's our God. That's our Savior fighting for us. That's the peace of God. And so we got to know there's a difference between God's peace and the world's peace. Jesus described God's peace this way in John 14, 27. This is him speaking. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Jesus is saying, my peace is different than the world's peace. The Prince of Peace, Jesus is saying, my peace is the fruit of God's spirit. My peace will guard your hearts and minds. And, and let, me, let me share this. This is a really powerful truth of God. Sometimes, guys, I don't know why, but some things that are causing you anxiety, you can do the things we've talked about today and the anxiety won't go away in that moment. But what is so amazing about God's peace, the promise of God says this, you can be experiencing anxiety in your life, but God's peace will come while you're experiencing that anxiety and walk side by side with it. It's so hard to wrap your mind around, but it's so amazing that you can be so challenged, so discouraged, so overwhelmed, but still have the peace of God in your life. Why? How? Well, the peace of God isn't conditional on what's going on out here. The peace of God is conditional on your heart, on your connection to Jesus, the source, the vine. So as we're connected to him, he says, my peace will protect you, will guard your heart and mind. 
But also, I believe his peace will walk through, walk alongside with us through these challenges, through the anxiety, through the uncertainty in life. This is why scripture describes the peace as transcending understanding. It's supernatural. You can have the anxiety, it can be very real, but God's peace can be just as real, or if not more real, in your life. So if you're struggling right now, or you know someone who's wrestling with anxiety, hey, what scripture is telling us, man, we can respond to God in prayer. We can allow his word to renew our thoughts, and then we will pray and believe for the promise of God, his peace, his peace to guard us, his peace to fight for us, his, be, his peace to be with us, to help us, to comfort us, and my prayer has been for you guys this weekend, man, you will experience that peace. You can put some of these things into practice. And Paul said, when you do that, you're going to experience the peace of God and it's going to help you in your anxiety. Amen. If you guys will bow your heads wherever you're at, I would love to pray for you, especially regarding this topic. I, I get it, guys. You know, we're talking about a heavy topic and anxiety is very real. Stress, uncertainty, very real. So I want to take a moment and just pray for you right now. If you're in this place and you're experiencing anxiety, you feel overwhelmed, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for God's peace to come, come and, and fill you. I wanna pray for you to find scripture to stand on. And I pray you would start that reflex, that response of just prayer, responding, responding to the anxiety in prayer and God coming to help you. Hey, but some of you, I need to pray for your relationship with Jesus. And all the things we talked about, first, God wants to be in relationship with you. Maybe you've never made that decision. Maybe you're just far from God, and maybe you're experiencing anxiety in a real way, or maybe you're going through something else that's hard. But man, let me tell you, God loves you, He laid His life down for you, and He wants so bad to be in relationship with you. So maybe for you today, you need to make a decision to follow the Prince of Peace. You need to give your heart to God, and then start to apply the, some of these things we see in His Word. Will you bow your heads? I want to pray for you. Jesus, we do thank you for your Word. We thank you that your Word helps us with a really real, a really challenging thing that a lot of us, many of us, most of us are experienced or have experienced this year. And God, I pray for people right now that need to make a decision to follow you, to give their life to you. Jesus, we accept your finished work on the cross. God, I thank you that you died for our sin. You died to bring us back to the Father, but you died for our mental health too, that we could have a sound mind and a sound heart and a sound, sound spirit, Lord. I thank you that your spirit helps our soul. It ministers to us, God. So I pray for the people that are gonna make a decision right now to follow you. And then Lord, we lift up anyone right now or any, any family member or any friend that's anxious, that's worried, that's concerned, that's struggling right now. God, we pray for your peace to guard their heart, to guard their mind. We pray for scripture to come alive in them. Would you show them and bring about scripture that they can hold on to, that can renew their thoughts, that can fight for them. And I pray, Lord, you would be their lifeline. They would call you anytime they would need you and your grace and your love would come in and help them during their anxious times. And we thank you ahead of time for the way you do this. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, thank you again for the opportunity to encourage you guys. We love you guys so much. And now what we're gonna do is we're gonna worship God one more time and reflect on what he's doing in our lives. Old things have passed away, your love has stayed the same, your constant grace remains the cornerstone. Things that we breathing in 
There you have it. Worshiping together is still as good as it gets. I hope you connected with the Lord today. You know, every weekend at New Life Church, we always pray for a different church. We usually call them and ask for their prayer request. This week, we're praying for a church in Arkansas called Parkway Place Baptist Church. The pastor is Alan Greer. And so we're gonna close out by praying for them. And I wanna challenge you to remember something. The life of Christ is coming this way. It's gonna be our vision for the fall. It's gonna be one series from next weekend, mid-September, all the way to the end of the year. Study in the life of Christ, and oh, how we need that right now. So I'm asking for you guys to sign up. You can see it in the description, exactly what to do. So I wanna ask for you to join me in that because we're working hard to deliver the word to you because we need it right now in our homes and at our business, uh, whether you're in school, single or married, we need to know what is the life of Christ and how can I live accordingly? That's what we're gonna do in this series. So all of you have been faithful in this series and giving, let's keep that up. You can see ways to give, but what I've enjoyed more than anything else is praying a prayer blessing over each of you at the end of all of our services. And so if you can stand up in your living room or wherever you may be, uh, do so. If not, that's fine as well. But if you're able to, just take your hands and open them before the Lord and we're gonna pray today. Lord, I thank you for the way that you love us. For your love, it covers a multitude of sins. We've seen people make decisions for you today. We all need your grace, but not only your grace to forgive us, 
We need your grace to live for you, to avoid compromise. And Lord, we call upon you and we remember your name in reverence in the fear and the admonition of your name. And so, Lord, we ask that your grace will be upon us, that your face will shine upon us, that we will be blessed in all that we do. Guide those that need to make big decisions right now. Lord, I pray that we'll hear from you. Lord, encourage those who are in despair. Let us remember that each place we put our foot to go, that you will go with us that we are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. We are lenders and not borrowers. And most of all, we are people who abide in you, and you abide in us. That's as good as it gets. So thank you for being with us right here at New Life Church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks a lot, New Life Church, Arkansas. Let's serve him with all of our heart all week long. God bless you.